This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Sports fans, welcome to the Primetime Podcast. My name is Ricky Whitmer, and as always, I'm joined by Brandon Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And Brandon, the NBA draft is less than a week away, and we're going to be coming out with our MVP mock draft, full mock draft, all two rounds. But for today, I thought what we would do is Chad Ford of ESPN went ahead and came out with his full two round. 7.0 7.0 mock draft. We're not going to look at everything. We're going to highlight some of the second round later. Look in depth to the first round. Let's react to what he thinks is going to go down this Thursday at the NBA draft. You know, because apparently Chad Ford knows more than us. I think we actually might be better and more accurate. But yeah, we'll we'll pretend well, that we'll pretend that he knows more and we'll analyze his. Well, the one thing I will say we don't do is we don't come out with our rankings. And then years later, change them because the players were better than we thought they were. No. Because that's what Chad Ford does. For example, James Harden wasn't ranked as high when he was coming out. Now that he's a superstar, Chad Ford went in, re-ranked his, just changed him, was like, oh, no, he was higher. That's where I meant to put him. We're not going to do that, but... No, if we're wrong, we're going to look like no, idiots and I, be wrong forever. I love looking like an idiot. That's usually the best color that I wear. They, but. Just, they catch you with your pants down. <laughs> but here is the big number one, number two. I think everyone has it. Towns Okafor. Woo, whoop de do. No big deal. However, the big change, and this is what we're first going to look at, is three through six. He's got 76ers not going with D'Angelo Russell. He's got him going with... Porzingis, the power forward. Then he has Russell going to the Knicks at four. Hazonia going to the Magic at five. And then we have Emmanuel Moutier at six going to the Kings. Well, with the third pick, it, it's, it's interesting because he talks about uh, Sam Hankey, the general manager for the 76ers, some, someone who doesn't draft based on the need for the team. And if you don't draft based on the need, a lot of people, I think, would make the case that Porzingis may be the best one out of those guys. He's BPA. He is BPA. I mean, so, point. and I think that that's, that's the point that Chad Ford's trying to, to come across with, that it doesn't matter if they need this position or that position, if they need one position more than the other one. He's going with Porzingis because he's the best one out here, out there, and he wants the best player. Not if it's not that they may fill the need. He just wants to have the best player available on his team, which a lot of times does not work out. Yeah, but I mean, here's the thing, and this is especially for the Sixers going with if they went with Porzingis at three last year. You draft uh, Joel Embiid out of Kansas, who plays. The five can play the four, too. He's a big man. And I know everyone's like, well, Ricky's got some injury history. He may not even be who we thought he was. However, then you have Nerlens Noel on the team as well. So you already have quality big men. Why do you need to go ahead and take another one? You traded away Michael Carter-Williams to the Bucks. You have not just one, but two point guards sitting there at number three. If you don't like D'Angelo Russell, fine. You can go Emmanuel Moutier. You have two to pick from. Why go with a guy like Porzingis? Why go with a power forward? Why? 
Well, then, you know, you have news come out that Joel Embed, um, his foot's not healing properly, and he's continuing to have some problems. So maybe they think you bring in Kristaps uh, Porzingis, and he'll, he'll you know, he, he'll heal the position need right up. But, I mean, I really don't know. Um, I think that's sometimes when you have, again, like I mentioned, a general manager who just wants the best player, you're not going to change his mind. You know, you know, it's like draft day, the movie mm-hmm. draft day. He wanted the best player. The owner wanted the best player. And Which that's kind I'm of just how... going to, I'm going to come out and say that now, if you've seen draft day, that's not really how drafts work. You just got to turn off your football mind and it's a great movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. You just got to turn mean... off, turn off your logical football mind and just pretend that's how things happen. It is how it happens in Dallas. Yeah. Well, Jerry, Jerry Jones, Jones goes, we need it. We need a quarterback. I want that running back. <laughs> I mean, come on. It, it is how it works. But I think that, he's more like Dennis Leary in that movie. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, at number three, Porzingis is what Chad Ford has the 76ers taking See, in. And, and I, at this, at this point, the 76ers, they, they'll go for any good player who will get them a win. See, I disagree. I disagree with Porzingis at three. I still think that D'Angelo Russell is the guy you take at three. But let's say Chad Ford's right. Porzingis goes off the board at three. The next two picks then get affected because I know there's talks that the Knicks, if Russell, Towns, and Okafor are all off the board, they may just trade their picks. They screw it. We don't need a point guard. We'll find someone who wants to give us something for this pick. But, you know... If Russell's there, Phil Jackson may go, hey, you know what? Let's take him. Because there's something about the Knicks where they, I don't think they like Moutier. I think they like Russell, don't like Moutier. And of course, with the Magic, it messes up their pick because everyone and their grandmother has said, if Porzingis is there, he's going to the Magic. Well, I think that's something interesting to, to talk about at number four with Russell. You have to look at Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson's Knicks, and the style of play that they're going to be running, that triangle um, offense and stuff like that, that triangle system. Now talk about some, needing to get someone to fit into a system and buy into a system. That, I think, is the most important one. That's even more important than number three. Well, and I see, okay, here's the biggest thing. I was watching first take this week. And for those of you who don't watch first take or don't know who Stephen A. Smith is, he's an he's a New York Knicks fan. You're he's living a under Knicks a rock guy. if you don't know who he is. And he was talking about, he's kind of coming out bashing the triangle offense, which I come out and say, okay, you may not like the Phil Jacksons putting it into effect in New York, but how many rings did it win in Chicago? I know it had a great guy, Michael Jordan, at the helm, but it did do good things in Chicago. So I'm not really for bashing Phil Jackson because he's got to find the pieces. He's got, he wiped the roster completely clean. I think they have two players, Mello and someone else, who are on contract after the season. Now's the perfect time for him to say, okay, let's bring in my players to run the triangle. If he thinks Russell could be the guy, then sure, go ahead and draft him. But for me, I'm looking more at that magic pick because I'm going to put you in the GM shoe shoes, Brandon. If you are the magic GM, Porzingis is off the board. 
Are you sitting there going, trade the pick, Mario Hazonia, Emmanuel Moutier, or a guy that some people, he could either fall or go right here, Willie Cauley-Stein? I, I think it all depends on... On what you on what you want, you know, if you're the, if you're the general manager, you're thinking about a lot of a lot of factors. And if in all honesty, I'll, I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. If I'm the general manager for the Orlando Magic, a team that needs to get going a little bit, you want to put fans in the seats. What name is going to put more fans in the seats? I, I think a Willie Cauley Stein's going to put more fans in the seats than. Mario Hazonia from Croatia. Mm-hmm. I, I think that maybe that's some people may say, you know, screw that line of thinking. You go for the player that's going to be the best and help out your team the best. But from a general man- manager perspective, they're thinking of a whole ton of different things that your average fan doesn't even think about. Well, here's the thing I, I kind of think of for the longest time, everyone has been per- Projecting, and I feel like in our last two mock drafts that we did, everyone's been saying Porzingis magic, Porzingis to the magic. And to me, I feel like, okay, Porzingis isn't there. We were going to go big guy. Let's go Willie Cully Stein. However, on the other side, if the magic, there's one guy, Tobias Harris, who's going to be a free agent for the magic. If they can't resign him, then it's like, okay, we need a wing player, and that's where Hazonia comes in. So the big thing for the Magic at five, and this is if Porzingis is off the board. Hell, this is even if Porzingis is on the board. You still have a decision to make if you're the Magic. Do you go with a guy, front court depth, back court? Front court, back court. Hazonia, Porzingis, or Willie Cauley-Stein. With me... I say if you were going to go front court, if Porzingis is there, stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. So, I mean, if Porzingis is off the board, you're going Willie Cauley-Stein. Well, yeah, I think that that's what teams should do, and I think that's what teams do end up doing. They they stick to their plan. I mean, they've got plan A, B, C, and, and D. They hope that they don't have to use the last two, but I, I think that that's what they they strategize i mean it's we're we're not saying anything new in in that sense yeah. you know these these teams they strategize they do this for months and months and months that they are looking at a number of different guys so if one goes that they want to go after well they have another one right here in their back pocket that they could go after as well and i mean out of the teams just to kind of close off this top 3 through 6 discussion is with everything we've talked about it's been Two point guards off the board before the Sacramento Kings or Queens, however you want to think about them, even make their selection number six. Well, if Chad Ford's mock draft comes out to be true, you're sitting there like salivating, licking your chops if you are the Sacramento Kings because one of your biggest needs, you could take a power forward, you could take a center, but your biggest need is point guard. So if a guy like even Russell or Moutier falls to you, you snatch him up. And with this, I think it was a no-brainer. Moutier's there, biggest need. Go ahead, Kings, get him. 
Absolutely, I, I think that for a team like that, uh, when you're when you're in that position, you're you're more than happy to go ahead and take one of the guys that you were planning and hoping on getting. Well, it's not even that; it's a guy up to this point until this podcast. We didn't even expect him. No one even brought up the thought. Hey, Moutier out of the top five, out of the top four, we've we've been saying point guard three, point guard four. That's what we've been thinking. This entire time. So if he falls to six, the Kings would be stupid not to take him, right? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that, you know, this is what they're saying now. What happens the day of? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that these these guys, they, they, they're the insiders. They get pretty close to these teams and to the people who know a lot about these teams and the way that the front office is thinking, or they have front office people that they talk to. But I feel like some of these teams, it, it changes every day, or they don't want to let on that they're really looking to go after somebody else. But they're going to say that this is who they're going to go after so that everyone else looks at that and goes, oh, they're going this person. Okay, I'm going to throw in another player here. This is a guy that we've talked about could be mid to late first rounder in our last mock draft. I want to say we didn't even have him in one of our mock drafts, either 1.0 or 2.0 didn't even have him in the first round of the 2015 NBA draft. ESPN has him listed as a mid first round pick grade wise. However, Chad Ford going a little reach heavy here with the Pistons at eight. Would the Pistons really take Sam Decker at eight overall? Would they really do that? Sam Decker? I mean, I like Decker, but is he eighth pick worthy? Well, you know, it's interesting because Chad Ford talks about if he falls to number eight. Why no one why would you take him above that? I just don't get it because it I mean, if we're looking at the rankings of even small forwards, because technically he's ranked as a small forward on ESPN. Wouldn't you rather have Stanley Johnson or Kelly Oubre over Sam Decker? Well, one of the things that, again, referencing what what Chad Ford has said, okay, go ahead, is that he is Sam Decker. That is is more NBA ready than several of the other wings available. So I think that I don't know if he's necessarily talking about. Stanley Johnson, Devin Booker, Ubre, guys like that. If he's more NBA ready than them, you mentioned but. a guy that I would take instead of Sam Decker if I was the Pistons at eight. You mentioned him. You said his name. Who do you think I'm talking about? Who do you think I'm going to say? I was going to say. I think you're going to say Booker. Devin Booker. The reason why is he's a wing. He's got excellent basketball IQ. He's highly efficient. He's a solid defender. Why not take him over a guy where it's like, yeah, Decker's tough and he's a ball handler, but the biggest thing is that he's inconsistent and on his positives, negatives across the board, I don't see anybody talking about his defense. Devin Booker, we're talking about his defense. And usually players that can play both sides of the ball are the ones that turn out to be the good ones in the NBA. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, anyone who can play both sides of the ball would be considered good anywhere. Um, if it was, you know, preschool, eighth grade, it doesn't matter. Wherever you're you're at. Uh, Intermurals in college. Yeah, I'm, I mean, that's that's where you were at, Ricky. You could play <laughs> both, both sides of the ball defensively very well. You hey, know. I could take charges like a champ. 
charges like a champ and 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 some would say maybe maybe flop <laughs> like a champ as well. Hey, I there was no flopping on that. I took an elbow to the chin, man. Okay. Took an but, elbow to the chin. But yeah, I mean, I think Devin Devin Booker he's he's right up there. Uh he's he's actually um being predicted to go right after Sam Decker See, in, in this latest this version. Is, and this is the one thing I hate. He says like, "Oh, Stanley Johnson and Devin Booker would be other options for Detroit." But Okay, Booker is to me obviously he's ranked higher than Decker. He's better than to me. The only thing Decker has on him, he's three inches taller. So if you want that tall of a guy, sure, go ahead. But I think Booker would fit the Pistons, help the Pistons a lot better than Sam Decker would. Then Chad Ford's got Hornets going Booker, Stanley Johnson to the Heat, kind of things that we've seen before in other mock drafts. And kind of follows the same plan that our mock draft went to. Here's the one thing I want to say about the Heat, though. And this comes from comments that we got. I want to say it was on our 2.0 mock draft on the YouTube channel. There was one comment where one of our listeners, Brandon, said that the Heat are going to be a very scary team to watch next season. And my first thought was, did we see the same Heat team this past season? The one where D-Wade's knees, he didn't really do anything. D-Wade might leave town, might join LeBron in Cleveland to get another ring. You think adding a guy like Stanley Johnson is going to bring you back to the NBA final forefront? Really? Are the Heat really going to go from 10th overall to far in the playoffs? Well, the the Heat are definitely going to be better next year with with a guy like Stanley Johnson because you bring in a in a young guy, which is something that Miami badly needs uh, because they're they're getting a little old in the tooth, mm-hmm. old in the tooth, long in the tooth is is the expression. Yeah. But they're getting they're getting older and bringing in a guy like Johnson. Wade doesn't you have bring, that many you, more years left. You, but you bring in some new energy and that helps to hopefully energize the rest of the guys. And I think that. You know, in all, in all honesty, when I saw Dwayne Wade throughout the these NBA Finals mm-hmm. with ESPN on there, I mean, he is completely open to do whatever he wants to do, but I saw him there and I just felt like, you know, not that he's starting to check out, but, you know, this is where I kind of see his yeah. role going forward, that he's... He's going to be an analyst. You know, that's that's where he's going to be. How he was on there for some of the final games. Yeah, I mean, and, and they have him because he gives great perspective. Here's one thing, and this is kind of to go off of that a little bit off topic from the NBA draft that I just want to throw out there. I want to get your opinion on this. I saw a Vine online, and there was a huge report on Bleacher Report. I want to say it was Bleacher Report. It was some Facebook thingy that showed the clip where he said, And here's the key quote. When I was in Miami, how he's already saying was in Miami. Is that a huge indicator that D Wade might may not be returning to Miami? If he's already saying, well, when I was in Miami. Well, I I wouldn't put a lot of stock in that because I think that we as just human beings kind of not mess up our words, but oh, you know, you know, the the other day, you know, it was just yesterday, you know, or, or when I was in my, you know, I, I think it's something like it can be as simple mm-hmm. as that. It's not like you 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 misspoke. It's just that you're talking about wh- yeah. when you're in Miami. 
But he said when I was in Miami, so I don't think it's too big of a deal, honestly. So, okay, I'm going to hit you up with another you're in the GM shoes, because I love to put you in those shoes, Brandon. And that'd be great. I hope they put me in those shoes one day so I can make some millions. Actually, you're Larry Bird. You're sitting there, number 11 rolls around, and you hear the sound, the Indiana Pacers are on the clock. Who do you go with? Willie Cully-Stein, Frank Kamitsky, Cameron Payne. Well, if I'm Larry Bird, apparently I I said that uh, Willie Cauley-Stein would be a max player someday. So I think that I'm probably going with Willie Cauley-Stein. Over a guy like Kamitsky, over a guy like Cameron Payne, who there has been noise in the media that Larry Bird really likes Payne. He really likes him and says, that's my guy. Did you go with Willie Cauley-Stein over that guy? Yeah, I think I, I think I go with Willie Cauley Stein over that guy just because uh, Willie Cauley Stein, um, so many names. Maybe he'll play like three people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think <laughs> that uh, you know you go with you go with a guy like that, and I I, I think he might be a better uh, rim protector. I think he's going to really help out the the old guys down low. I almost cut you off, but I'm going to be honest. I'm surprised WCS fell this far in Chad Ford's mock draft. I would have had him. Up maybe Pistons area top 10 like I know 11's not that far but I might have had him and it could be because of the Moutier the Porzingis all that mix up just pushes him down because if Moutier doesn't fall to the Kings Kings go with Moutier over Willie Cully Stein and he just falls if I am the Pacers I'm gonna shock you Brandon you ready for the shocker I'm ready I'm going with Willie Cauley-Stein over Frank Kaminsky. How many times have I talked up Frank the Tank this uh, leading up to the draft? Man, you know, I thought I thought you, like, worshipped him. So the, I, the reason, I'm really, I, I honestly am surprised because you have. You have been talking him up for the last couple of weeks. The reason being, if you believe Willie Cauley-Stein is going to be a max player someday, you go ahead and snab him. Because guess what? Roy Hibbert, his time in Indy is done. And the way I think 11, 12, 13 is going to roll out, if Miles Turner's there, he's going to Utah. The Jazz have their power forward. Pacers and Suns, it is whoever takes who. If you take Frank the Tank, we'll take Cully Stein. You take Cully Stein, we'll take Kaminsky. That's how it's going to work with the Pacers and the Suns at 11 and 12. Yeah, I think you're right. And then that brings us to 14. Cameron Payne. Pacers don't take him. He obviously falls. Thunder draft him. And I say this would be a smart pick because not this offseason. In 2016, you may lose Durant. But guess what? 2017, you may lose Russell Westbrook. So with that in mind, you got to take a point guard who you think and, hey, if Westbrook leaves, that's fine. We got Payne. And I was going to say, uh, Cameron Payne's a really good backup for Russell Westbrook. He gets mm-hmm. to learn from a really talented guy. I think Payne hopefully well, is not, not just that. They got DJ Augustine too, so that would be three point guards. He doesn't really have to be in the in the heat of NBA games. He can kind of learn as that third guy, then be the backup to Westbrook, then be the starter if Westbrook leaves. Well, he gets to learn from a lot of talented guys who will be able to teach mm-hmm. him a lot of stuff. Um, I think that when you take a look at uh, Russell Westbrook, there's a couple of things that I would not do, uh, take as many shots as he does. Uh, Shot selection will be a big thing there, but I think Cameron Payne will be in a good spot there in OKC. 
And you've got the Hawks at 15. Chad Ford has him go. Bobby Portis, power forward, which, I mean, one of the big things, you got to protect the rim. You got to have a big guy. So a good pick, I would say, by the Hawks. The thing that surprised me, though, is 16. Kelly Oubre, is he really going to fall to 16, Brandon? Yeah, I mean, should I've, he be higher? Nah, probably not. I, I I think out of all the guys that we've talked about, I wouldn't put Kelly Oubre in front of any of them. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I mean, he may come out and uh, some you know the Celtics get him and he plays lights out, and everyone's like, "Dang, wish we could have had him." But right now, I, I, he's just everyone in front of him. I think deserves to be in front of him. I'm not surprised by him at 16. I'm gonna put you in the GM shoes again. <laughs> You're the Rockets. Who do you take? Tyus Jones. Jerry and Grant. Grant is technically the fourth-ranked point guard on ESPN. He's ranked higher than Jones, but do you go Jones over Grant? Um, I don't know about that. I, I think Jerry and Grant, you, you get more experience as he was a senior. Tyus Jones, just a freshman. However, Tyus Jones was the most valuable player of the championship game. Does that really matter that much? Kind of, a little bit. I would so? say so. I mean, look at Iggy in the finals. Iggy getting MVP in the finals. And you're talk, you're talking, talking about Iggy Azalea, though, right? No, no, no. Yeah. I'm talking about Iguodala. Yeah. But with me, Tyus Jones, that's, hey, if you're playing that good in the championship game, being MVP, it's got to mean something, right? Yeah, it means something. But uh, maybe Jerry and Grant, if he gets there, he's the MVP, too. And you're going to say, well, he well, didn't okay. get there. No, no, we no, get no, no, no. I'm we not going to say that. But, but the thing is, though, the is only that thing, Here's the only knock I have on usual, Jerry and Grant. as usual, Ricky talks over you. I'm going to cut you off. But here's the only knock I have on Jerry and Grant. It was the Kentucky game. ND should have beat him. He should have drove to the basket for the tie to go to overtime instead of frantically dribbling to the corner and putting up a bad three. That's the only knock I have on him. Well, and the thing is, is that I'm not trying to downplay Tyus Jones because I actually really enjoy Tyus Jones. You just want Jones. him to fall to the Bulls. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, I would like any good player to fall to the Bulls. They need it. But I don't know. I, I, I think they're, they're both very, very good point guards that play their position very well. I think uh, sometimes when it comes down to it, you want to see who had more experience, who had mm-hmm. more time. I mean, you know, one year as a freshman, that's that's great, and you have a really good season, but what else could you have done? What else would have happened? And, you know, that's that's interesting, but we'll never find out. So, Chad Ford, he actually disagrees with you. He went Tyus Jones to the Rockets. Kevon Looney, who we've been getting a lot of comments on the YouTube channel that Kevon Looney may be the steal of this draft. And if he goes to Washington, that'd be interesting to me because there's a chance that Paul Pierce has said he's coming back for one more year, but he's kind of mulling over, do I return to Washington or do I go play for Doc Rivers in L.A.? So if you take Looney, to me, that's kind of like you saying Paul Pierce is going to be back, right? Uh, or maybe. You, or are you taking Looney saying it doesn't even matter what Paul Pierce does. We're going to take Looney anyways. Well, I, I don't know. I, I think that some it, de- it depends on mm-hmm. who your general manager is because and your coach. Because sometimes they'll go, okay, we're, we're going to plan that this guy's going to come back. And other times they're going to plan that he's not going to come back. So it, it depends. Here's the next thing I want to jump to. I want to jump to number 22. I want to jump to our Bulls. Before we get there... From the from the Wizards, 20th overall, Chad Ford has Rondé Hollis-Jefferson going to the Raptors. A little bit higher than 
most people have expected. Most people are, are expecting him to fall to the Cavaliers. Jerry and Grant then goes to the Mavericks because they need a point guard. Then we get to the Bulls. And here's where I have a problem with Mr. Chad Ford because he's got the Bulls going with Rashad Vaughn, shooting guard, UNLV. First off, if we're going to go shooting guard, I would not go Rashad Vaughn. I would go R.J. Hunter out of Georgia State. And that's because he's got one of the beautifulest three-point shots I've ever seen. He put it on display against Baylor in the NCAA tournament game. So there's that. Number two, which is more important than number one, we got to get a backup. We have to get a backup point guard for Derrick Rose. So DeLon Wright's the guy. You got to go DeLon Wright at 22. You don't go shooting guard. You go point guard because if we can't back up Derrick Rose, he's going to have to play every minute and he can't do that. He's not going to have to play every minute anymore because Tom Thibodeau is gone. But if we don't have a backup. Well, Ricky, actually, for the Bulls, if I, at 22, I'd like to have about three uh, different picks so we could get someone to replace Noah so we could get another two shooters. But you, you can't have three and one. Do you think, and I'm going to throw this out there, do you think the Bulls trade Noah on draft night? I don't could know. Could we see a Noah draft night trade? We could see anything. Th- I mean, I'm, I'm but throwing I mean, the rumor under this now. This is just something I've created that Noah could get traded. I don't know if you created it, but you said it. I just want uh, Noah to get traded. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know if the Bulls would do that right now. Because we got one pick. This is our pick. And if you're going shooting guard over backing up Derrick Rose, unless you think there's some magical point guard free agent out there that can fix all our problems, a Nate Robinson a DJ Augustine, and Aaron Brooks, unless you think bringing Aaron Brooks is going to be, bringing him back is going to be a good idea, I say go Dohan Wright. Go with the rookie. Well, I, I don't think that anyone's, there's not going to be just one person who fixes the problems for the Chicago Bulls oh, right no, now. Oh, no, it's not one person. It's a, we need a backup to Derrick Rose, plain and simple. But I think that, yeah. God, I sound like a broken record. You, Yeah. You talk about R.J. Hunter. And they talk about, you know, the love him or hate him aspect. With, I love you know, his, I his, love him. his ability to, obviously, his ability <laughs> to, to shoot well and his passing ability. And then the, there's people that dislike him because he gets just killed on defense. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's what do you want more? The defensive era is over in Chicago. Tom Thibodeau is gone. Let's get the offense rolling. That's what I'm saying. We couldn't score. We couldn't make a bucket in the playoffs. Let's make a few buckets. The defense. We'll worry about the defense. We'll just outscore the opponent. You, How about we and do you're, that? You're all over Delon Wright. My problem with his a pass first point guard. I don't want a pass first point guard. I don't give a hell about what you do with you know. Ooh, don't re- throw the okay. ball around. Shoot okay. the damn really, ball. Really, I would like. I would like Tyus Jones. Let's be honest. I'd like Tyus Jones. But even if you're not going to go Delon Wright, fine. Terry Rozier, Louisville. He's a guy that can get to the basket. He's an athletic guard, good rebounder, can play some defense, has an effective mid-range jumper off the bounce. Fine, go with him. I'm just saying, if you're the Bulls, you got to go with a point guard. Out of out of all of them, I would say go R.J. Hunter. I would be fine with R.J. If we're going to go shooting guard, I'd be fine with R.J., but I'm just saying we got to go. We got to get the backup to Derrick Rose. We got to get the guy who can come off the bench and be – Solid when Derrick Rose needs a breather. But here's the thing. He's got Vaughn going to the Bulls, R.J. Hunter going right after him to the Blazers. 
The Cavaliers, David Blattless or not, we don't even know if he's going to stay as the head coach. They have him going with DeLon Wright. And see, this is to me a Kyrie got injured. Delavadova sucks. We got to get someone else. I hate Matthew Delavadova. Can I just say that? Yes, we know. But the thing is, though, you hate a guy... Doesn't mean that he sucks. Matthew Della Vadova is good when he, needs be. Let, let me talk, Ricky. 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 Let is? me. Let, no. No. I said no. You're going to keep your mouth shut for a few minutes here. The thing is, is that Matthew Della Vadova, he is good when he needs to be. Sometimes, not all the time, and that's why exactly you, you go in and if they go with Delon Wright, pass first point guard, that's going to be perfect for LeBron because yeah, he's going to say, "Pass it to me, yeah. pass it to me, pass it to or me." Love, but what we what we we found is that well, Kyrie, hopefully he's going to be fine, and there's not going to be any repercussions from his injury, and then Love comes back and is fine. If those guys come back, they're fine. Those three are okay. They go DeLon right. He's going to be perfect to be able to pass it around to them. Matthew Dellavedova is going to be good as another role player. He is not a stud. When people want to name a, in Cleveland at least, they wanted to name a, a Deli, literally Deli for Dellavedova. You know, you know, you know I, I mean, like, he's not that good. You know what I kept thinking about with Matthew Dellavedova? You know what's the one clip that just kept playing in my head? And you should know this, being a Bears fan. Just the line, they are who we thought they were. And the whole time, like, he has a huge game. And all I could think about is, you want to crown his ass? Crown his ass. He is who we thought he was. And I'm like, the Warriors are going to prove that. Steph Curry is going to prove that he is who we thought he was, which was a eh, pretty good point guard. Not, not the worst. I do hate him. I'm going to say not the worst, but he's average at best. Well, with Steph Curry's the MVP, you I, put him in his place. I think what was it? 22 minutes that he played in game six with a whole whopping no points? Put him in his place. And that's the thing. DeLon Wright would be a great pick for the Cavaliers. Like you said, he's a pass first point guard. Get the ball to LeBron. LeBron going to get 50 points a game. Then Chad Ford has Justin Anderson. Going to the Grizzlies, which is fine. They need a shooter. You have Montrez Harold, a big guy, down low. Tim Duncan, is he staying or is he going? He stayed to try to repeat. Is he going to stay another year? You don't know. You might have to replace him. Joseph Young to be the another hot guard in L.A. And then we have to round out the first round, Jarrell Martin, Chris McCullough, and Anthony Brown for the Celtics, Nets, and Warriors. And you know, at the at the end, I I, I think that uh, the the final thing is you you look at uh, the final pick in the first round, going with Golden State, Anthony Brown, shooting guard. They have another guy there, you know, with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and and, and you saw you know, Clay Thompson in the final game in Game Six, he only had five points as See? he as he fouled out, but but yet. They still win the game. They still get their points. They have plenty of guys around them to to do a good job, like uh, like uh, Iguodala. I mean, he comes off the bench, and he does an absolutely great job. So I think you throw another guy into the mix who can I'm gonna who ask can shoot. You, here's our final question for this podcast, and it has to do with the defending champions pick with the Warriors. They need front court depth. Our backcourt depth, that's their thing. 
However, do you go shooting guard or point guard? And in this case, do you stick with Anthony Brown? Or do you go who Chad Ford has 31, Terry Rozier? Do you go point guard, shooting guard? I, I would go shooting guard. Even I, though, I mean, would you count Steph Curry as a true point guard? He was the point guard for the Warriors this season. And I mean, you don't mess with that because you win the finals. But do you go into it saying, you know what? We got to give Steph a rest sometimes. Let's get a guy like Rosier to play off the bench. Or do you say, just add another shooter? Just add another shooter. Another splash brother. He's not a he's he's not a true point guard, but he showed he doesn't have to be. I mean, they can have anybody bring the ball up the floor. I mean, not anybody, but you know what I mean. They could have you know a number of guys bring the ball up the floor and, and be just, just get, fine. They just get Iggy to guard LeBron and uh, limit him to uh, forty points a game while Steph Curry goes off. Oh, that was such a good game six. I just I can't stop replaying it in my head. All of them. I, I thought all I thought all the games were were, were pretty good. Do you They're all know, competitive. Do you want to know a fun fact that I heard about this year's finals? Yes. The best ratings for a finals since Michael Jordan's last championship. I believe it. I mean, I think people, lovers and haters, wanted to tune in to see what was going to happen and mm-hmm. see what LeBron would do or not do and see what he would say afterwards, which we all knew he was going to say that he is the best and will always be the best. And uh, pretty much, uh, you know, I can play by myself in Cleveland. But I, I think that, uh, you know, it's all, it's all interesting. That's what people want to tune in and, and listen to. Last thing I want to say, and this is because you, not, the only reason I'm saying this is because you brought it up. Remember when LeBron said, well, no, I am confident because I'm the best player in the world. Yes. You want to know what I immediately thought of, and it has been a meme on Facebook and Twitter. If you look at hockey and look at the Blackhawks who just won their Stanley Cup, when they shoved a microphone in Jonathan Taves' face, what's the one thing he said? Do you remember about winning the Cup? Oh, I, he said, we, we do it for the guys. We do it for the guys who haven't been there yet. And that, to me, is just the big difference between a champion and somebody who's out for themselves. I just wanted to throw that well, out there. Well, in, in all a little quick jab at LeBron, like I always like to do. In all honesty, I I, I guess I just kind of noticed in in hockey, especially with well, I mean, especially with the Blackhawks because you know they're, they're your Chicago team, but yeah, a very big team sport, and we've seen those guys be a, a, a true team a, for each other, out there for each other. It's a little different because, you know, you're not mm-hmm. in, in you know, basketball. You're not going to go up and give everyone a hug after you you score you yeah. know, two points and then four point. You know, it's different in hockey. I mean, they're two completely different, different sports. I but was just saying, like, just the mental aspect. No, I it. know. But, you know, at, at, at the end, if, if Cleveland would have won, would LeBron have said, you know, oh, I, it's you know, it's it's, it's it's for the it's, it's you know it's for the guys. You know, I no, couldn't, he couldn't have done it without these guys. He's gonna go. I couldn't have done it without my left no, hand. I couldn't no. have done it without my right hand and, been, and my two legs and my like, two feet. I'm the greatest player in the world. That's what he would have been like. Because he, to me, I feel like LeBron's a little bit e- egotistical, or not egotistical. It's just we have since he came into the league, we've shoved down his throat that he has to be like Michael, that he just. I'm the best player in the world. To even go off of that, Michael Jordan, when he won his first championship, someone asked him, are you the best best player to ever play the game? And Michael said, well, you know what? I, I can't really answer that because guys of different eras play differently for the different eras they're in. Another difference between being humble 
and being upset that you're down 3-2 and saying it because you're a little kid and you're pissed off. But at the same time, I think you have to look at it, and, and LeBron is a he's a great player. He has every right to be able to say that. He is one of the best players in the league, and at, in the, at the end of the day, I think it. you, you look at it, and, and yes, he can go ahead and be egotistical and, and think a lot about himself because he's darn good. But we've gone off on a tangent. Let's end this podcast like we always do. You guys tell us down below what you thought of anything that we talked about in today's podcast. If you liked the podcast, go ahead, hit that like button. If you loved it, hit that subscribe button. You can follow Most Valuable Podcasts on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod. I'm at Ricky Widmer. Brandon is at, and I'm going to get this wrong, at Young underscore Swan 19. Correct. At young underscore swan 19. This has been the primetime podcast. Make sure to check out our special MVP mock draft edition dropping sometime this week. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at most valuable pod for more great podcasts.